if you involve yourself with all the little bits of food that you have in your fridge and you create a delicious meal out of it, this is a work of art. Welcome to Strolling. I'm Rosano, here with Judy Purley, owner of Toronto's Free Times Cafe, which has been serving authentic Jewish and Middle Eastern food for over 40 years, while also functioning as a hub for folk music in the city, with live shows during the week and a songwriter open stage that's been running for decades. What struck me from our exchange was her spirit of youthfulness, curiosity, and freedom at 71 years. The connections between everything become apparent with her holistic view of the world, making it effortless to jump from food to art to politics to life. Despite recording at the tail end of an exhausting day, her presence with me was lively, generous, and sharp as a knife. It's a privilege to have Judy as my first guest. So without further ado, let's get into it. Judy. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. What do most people know you for? They know me as the owner of Free Times Cafe on College Street. Know me for other things too, like you know, my yoga friends know me as a yogini, and people know me from part of a group of people that swim, and I'm known as the local yid in downtown Toronto. The one that represents Jewish culture. Right, and it's been like that for a while, I imagine. Yeah, for like 25 years, okay. the Jewish part, and only three times for like over 40 years. I was given the gift of cooking. You've had my food, mm-hmm. and whatever I cook, it's good. Yeah. And I never know what it's going to be. The food speaks to me and tells me what to do with it. People complicate cooking, and they complicate it with recipes. I'm somewhat against recipes. Like when I make meat sauce, every time I make it, it's not exactly the same. Why should it be? You see, this is the thing of North America where we mass produce things the same. We have this idea that everything has to be the same. Or there's the expert, the idea of the expert, and the expert has the recipe. And if you follow the recipe of the expert, you will have achieved expertise yourself. Not true. (laughs) Food was my my go-to, and it still is. There was a time in my life where I was so unhappy The only time I was happy was when I was cooking. Cooking as a therapy is strong. I think it's a wonderful thing to do. And we we need to take people with mental health issues and get them into cooking. And not just in these institutionalized kitchens, these big kitchens, no. Mental health has to be something in people's homes, you know, it has to be matched up. How do you see that connection? Well, the process of it is very therapeutic, you know? You're involved with creating something. Creation is always satisfying. And you need to eat. You're nourishing yourself. You're keeping your energy up, good health, and it's very social. Somebody who knows how to cook is going to have friends. People are going to want to be around them. They're going to want to go to their house. Maybe if they're not very verbal or they don't have the greatest personality, they can at least cook a meal and people will want to be there. And it's a giving thing. You're giving it to other people. You can learn generosity. It's so basic. We get hungry, we need to eat. And if you involve yourself with all the little bits of food that you have in your fridge and you create a delicious meal out of it, this is a work of art and it's very satisfying. So whenever you're unhappy for whatever reason, you don't know why, I don't feel good today, I'm unhappy, I'm anxious, I'm angry, I'm this, I'm that. And you know, you engage in some small activity 
like sweeping the floor or wiping off a table or something. Just the involvement in that small activity can soothe the soul. Women traditionally have been involved in these mundane acts mm. and in a way that was their liberation. I want to ask you a little yeah. bit about tech because I find it so curious that someone from your generation just seems to adapt so well to it and you have your contacts in your iPhone and you're always like calling people and use social media and we could talk about your Vine starting. You but see, like, that's the thing with me is that I think I'm terrible at tech. How old are you again? 71. 71, okay. Took me two years to download an app. Okay? I was so afraid to download an app, I would never do it. I still require help to do things, okay? But I seek help. I understand how to process things, that you need people to teach you how to do things. That there's a learning curve. But a lot of people think that you should just be able to pick it up and know how to do it. Yeah, but maybe from that generation, but my generation needs to be taught. And because it's not formalized in our society, it's like marriage and having children, an iPhone. Nobody's formally taught how to use an iPhone. So half the people who use it don't know how to use it, especially from my generation, where it's not intuitive. You are responsible for my Vine stardom. It's all your fault, yes. Rosano. You were famous <laughs> You became a celebrity, and yeah. that was my fault. I take full t- t- You and Jesse. It was totally random. Yeah. Remember, you sitting across from me saying, Judy, I'm going to put this in your phone. Have some fun with it. <laughs> That's all you said, right? Yeah, yeah. It was you. You yeah. see the power that you have? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, so you became... One of your videos went viral totally by chance, and then you had this following of like 15,000 people, mostly like. And I didn't try. If I had tried, I could have gotten way up. I could have worked it. I never worked it. I think a lot of people, if they find that kind of success, they will try to grip onto it for dear life. And you're sort of like. You know, Vine isn't just, around I anymore. Vine, Vine, is, Vine is gone now. Yeah. Maybe people who are listening don't even know what Vine is. It used to be this video show. Do you know that somebody actually tattooed on their bum Judy here oh my gosh yeah that's dedication I know the dedication of your fans yeah Yeah. I know most people would want to like keep it going and so now there's TikTok which is kind of the thing that what Vine used to do and you don't want to do that you're like no well I'm kind of done with that part of my life and you're not I'd rather be on a dating app and exploring (laughs) that as characters right and just move on to other things I keep doing the same thing over and over I do it with my staff I give them these front characters that they can hide behind and, uh, you know, they feel a lot better about right. their insecurities. Can you give some examples? Well, you know, I'm Ms. Critical. You're Tif- Ms. Critical? Yeah. Tiffany is Ms. Overconfident. Confident. Mike's Mr. Nice Guy. Ravi is Mr. I'll do it myself. Sandrin is Mr. Speedo. Katie is Ms. Apologetic. And when we're stressed, we go to these characters that are not always our best selves. So when our not-so-best selves come out, we can say it's this other self that's doing it. We don't have to identify We can be a little those. more forgiving. Yeah. We don't have to identify our whole selves. Okay. And the staff have found that really helpful. Your staff finds it helpful because they can... Well, I'll check in on them. I'll say to, to Tiffany in a potentially stressing situation, I'll say, how is Ms. Overconfident? Is she bothering you or is she, you know, taking over? Oh no, Judy, I think she's under control. And what is Rosano's cover? What oh. is Rosano's cover? And how many do I have? 
maybe one in every country you go to. <laughs> That's lovely. Mr. I'm not here. I'm not here is interesting. Yeah, also. you're kind of like Mr. I'm not here when you're stressed, you know, like mm. you disappear. So that's also why you move from country to country, because, like, you know, you kind Ooh. of disappearing and moving to another place and then reestablishing yourself. I love this, and I'm wondering if it works in the other direction also, where the thing that you want to be has a name. So... Oh, that's a good one. It would be Mr. Be Here Now, <laughs> or something like this, or, or, well, for each of your staff or whoever. You know what I think what you want to be? Mr. Lover. I could be Mr. Lover. Yeah, I think that. I that's could. I could want what, to be Mr. Lover. Yeah. I think I want to be Ms. Not nice guy, but be a nice person all the time. Really, you want to be that? Yeah, I want to be a nice person. That's shocking to me because I thought you would have been sick of that, or you you deliberately trying not to do that because you're tired of like trying to please other people or something. But well, you want that. Yeah, I'd like to be at, at peace, Miss Peaceful, maybe. Nice guy, but in a real way. Be kind to people. I find it sometimes really hard to be kind. I have this sharp wit. People get taken in by these scammers. Oh, this is the CRA calling. They told me that I had a, a package of illegal things. At the and border? And that I was going to be arrested. Right. Right? And I got that cult. Do you know what I say to them? Because I always go to the number one, to the answer. And I say to them, does your mother know that you're a scammer? <laughs> <laughs> and how did they respond to that? Usually they hang up, but one time a woman said, no. <laughs> well, I said, well, you should tell her. She should know what you're doing. How you're cheating Canadians out of their money. And I hung up. I'm trying to put myself in that person's shoes, just like, what's it like to receive that from, from Judy? From, you know, from somebody in North America. Well, we yeah. need to confront them on a human level. Mm. That these are people that they're calling. We are not just stick figures and our money is not there because it was given to us. Is that easy for you to just speak to somebody oh, yeah. as a human? Very easy. Because I think... And I can also be really nasty on the phone. When, when these places call at the restaurant, I'll say, you know, the owner died. We're just folding up the restaurant now. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Are you recording all this? Oh my God. It's great. Oh, <laughs> Don't tell them it's me. Tell them it's somebody else. <laughs> uh, Judy recorded Hello? this, but, but she died. So. <laughs> Play it when I croak. Take just come up. to my funeral. Everybody who's listening to this, you're invited to my funeral. I'm 71, I'm going to live to be 102. 102. Okay, th 31 years. Come to my funeral. I need 10,000 people, and it's going to be a big party, and I'm going to be thrown into the ocean in a mermaid coffin. I'm going out like a mermaid. I'm not going to be buried in the ground. Did you get that idea from somewhere? Is that your creative thing? I was a scuba diver, so I have experienced the underwater and also some of the most ecstatic times of my life underwater. underwater and because I've been swimming every week for 45 years I have a strong relationship with the water and I saw a movie on mer women who want to be mermaids who wear mermaid costumes and go down to the beach and lie on the sand in their mermaid costumes which I'm hoping to be able to do at some point in my life nice. I think my generation is going to have very creative funerals 
And I'd say that a good business to get into would be guitar-shaped coffins. You heard it here first. Get in on the ground floor. Guitar-shaped Gu- coffins. Gu- guitar-shaped coffins. Right? You don't lock your door. Yeah. Just don't tell them where I live. Okay? Yeah, I won't tell them where I live. I can't do it. I just don't want to lock my door. I don't want to get locked out of my own home. Isn't that crazy? It kind of, it seems like there's this parallel between the coffin and like not being wanting to be in a box and locked in a box. I this thing around freedom, I told freedom. you. Freedom, yeah. I'm always doing practices of... Liberation. Liberation and also trust. Mm. We need to practice these things. We need to put ourselves in a situation where we might lose and see what happens. We say we don't want to take the risk, but what is the risk on the other side in terms of your social self and your soul self. Where can people find out more about what you're doing? <laughs> Come to Free Times. Come to the Free Times restaurant, 320 College Street, Toronto. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with me, Judy. Namaste. Namaste. Until next time. Those were some of the highlights from my conversation with Judy Purley on the first episode of Strolling. If you're hungry for more, there's a 51-minute extended version exclusively for members, which goes into marriage like a mortgage, matriarchy, microchips in our fingers, and more. Becoming a member gives you access to all past and future extended episodes while supporting the independent production of this podcast over the long term. Find links, show notes, and Judy's playlist of five hand-picked songs at strolling.rosano.ca. That's strolling.rosano.ca. Be welcome to leave a comment on the website or by sending an email to strolling at rosano.ca. The music for this episode was inspired by Love at the Free Times Cafe by Norm Hacking and Dance Me to the End of Love by Leonard Cohen. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for listening and see you next time.